Blog Talk Radio. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. 
It's just amazing, like, just finding it anywhere. Like, I know, like, late night with Jimmy Fallon.com probably has it, or if you just do a search, or uh-huh. it, 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 I've seen it in a bunch of places on the Internet today. But it's definitely a fun thing. You should definitely show it to your daughter. Although she probably won't get the whole, like, Neil Young acoustic um, references to it. But it, it's definitely a fun thing. It's, it's amazing seeing, like, second-generation Willow Smith being the second-generation artist as her father was a child star himself. Right, and it's right, grown right. To be such a, grown up to be such a huge presence in entertainment and not just in music, actually. Really, not so much music anymore, just more about being this big movie star. Right. That's what it is. And then that, you can see the parents and kids' interaction with that family there. The, the son is a movie star, the Jada kid, and all of them have that musical thing going on here. Um, have, it's kind of interesting. Kind of, um, well, you know, like uh, like the other artist, uh, Taylor Swift, and she definitely has a lot of hair. And um, my daughter's starting to grow up, and kind of like older twenty year olds now. So she's starting to she's starting to grow. So it's amazing watching her come from you know the Disney Channel, and uh, all of a sudden now she likes these older older artists, you know. Uh, Today I had to get the lip gloss off of her lip. I said, hey, you can't wear the lip gloss uh, to school. So I took the lip gloss from her, and um, she was very upset at me. So maybe I need to talk to some lip gloss mothers out there to figure out what to do about this as she's growing older. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's really a challenge challenge for a single father. So um, should she wear the lip gloss? Or shouldn't she wear the lip gloss to school? Or should you concentrate on your school and your academics? That is the and it's funny, us, us adult <laughs> men talking about lip gloss. <laughs> well, she says uh, Taylor Swift wears it and all the other singers have lip gloss on white and I. So I guess maybe, I don't know, uh, maybe maybe some of the other guests could give me some, some hindsight or, you know, uh, some, some wisdom, I guess is the right word. So uh, what do you think about the lip gloss? you think uh, she should have the lip gloss on? You know what, I'm, like, lip gloss, I mean, being who I am, it's always been this interesting thing, and it's something where it stands out. And as I said, I am definitely not your fashion expert, but my <laughs> from my experience of lip gloss is that if you wear, if someone wears it every day, it, mm-hmm. it isn't special anymore. Aha. Okay. So, 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 wear whatever you're wearing, even if it's like, even if you're just, even if there's a hat you wear all the time, or something that's become part of you. Like I, when I was a kid, I used to wear lots of different hats, lots of different baseball hats, different sports teams, different stuff. And eventually, it got to the part where it was like, wow, it's cool to not wear a hat. I guess that's okay. the closest thing I can compare that to. Okay. Well, Terry. She, she says Taylor Swift wears this lipstick and lip gloss, and she has a new, uh, or I don't know if it's new, but Speak Now. But she's trying to get convince me to go to the store and buy this CD, Speak Now, and uh, she's really liking the song on there. So maybe next week I'll figure out I'll have to listen to Taylor Swift all week, or I don't know how old the CD is, but I'm going to go check out Speak Now, with whatever she's speaking about. 
she's a, you know, she seems to be a, seems to be a good role model so far. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so that's where we are with the Taylor Swift thing. I don't know how you jump from, um, uh, you know, Hannah Montana to uh, Taylor Smith, the Swift, so um, so quickly. I, I think their um, concentration is really. Uh, focus is not it's not that long. They they concentrate on one artist and the next week they're on to another artist and the next week they're on to another artist. So Yes. Yeah, uh, just like, I mean Justin Bieber was was literally like three months ago now, like in terms of the life of the show. Mhm. Right. But yeah, so amazing. I guess um mm-hmm. I guess you Taylor Swift was saying on this album that when she wrote this album, they were meant each song was meant for a specific person that she couldn't tell them in person. So she's talking about them in in, in mind and telling them what she meant to tell them in person. <laughs> it's like the uh, people who broke her heart in December to their her first love to her first heartbreak to her band and and to the man that she used to be afraid of. And to somebody in the world who's going to be very dark. So she's kind of talking to them, talking to her friends and her community and friends through this album. So she's trying to tie her whole world into this album. So I hope none of her friends get upset when you hear their songs. That's why Jelena wanted you to know, check this album out. That's, that's a great, <laughs> that's, that's a, an amazing technique. Let me say it's a technique, but. Since it's something that sounds like it was authentic and not created by some producer, but let's do it this way, like like those concept albums from the seventies, like Pink Floyd or such, where it's I'm making this album about very specific things and I'm connecting it in a special way. And just like here on Parents Kids Music, the way we're connecting our guests, as it's time for our first guest, Jay, are you ready? Yeah, I just want to say one anyway. last thing about Taylor. One sure. last thing about Taylor Swift. And the last couple of things, and she was, was interesting to me was someone who stole something from her. She wrote a song about that, and then she wrote a song to someone she forgave for what he said in front of all her friends and the rest of the world. So she's using the same That's album. Yeah. I just want to say that last thing. So I'm going to buy the album. I'm going to sit through it with Jelena next week. We'll see. <laughs> Excellent. Looking forward yes. to that next week. So here comes our first guest. All right, you're on the air on Parents Kids Music. Welcome. Hello there. Hello, it's Atari. Oh. Don't need to beep anything. Are you there? Hello, hello. Yes, I am. Did you Excellent. turn your uh, computer down? Oh, is uh, is that better there? I hear like an echo. Uh, uh, yeah, hello. Hello. Is Neil, is the fish next to you? I'm uh, searching for Neil. Because it's like you're in a fishbowl, like, uh, uh yeah. hmm. Let me see if I can dial right back in. All right, excellent. Oh. All right. Cool, I can hear it, like, right in the background. Just, well, maybe, just maybe, maybe, maybe he's like, well, maybe he's with SpongeBob in the water, you know. See, sometimes when you're underwater, you get that echo, you know. Um, that could be, uh... That could be a problem there, you know. So maybe, you know, the SpongeBob lives in a pineapple and you get down in the water. I'm just being funny, and while he comes back online. <laughs> um, so, you know, you're still there with me. 
Yes, I yes I am. Oh, okay. I'm actually yeah, so chatting with our guest with guest online, just ready to bring him on. Let's see this. Hi, right. hi there, Ian. Hi there. All right, Ari, I'm excellent. Better. I'm, that's definitely a little better. So, All right, so sorry Ari, about I'm, that. How about you? Excellent. How about you introduce yourself to our wonderful audience here on Parents Kids Music? Uh, sure. My name is Ari Levine. Uh, I work for a company called StumbleUpon, which uh, personalizes the Internet for our users, bringing them the best content across the web. Uh, I'm a huge music fan myself with a big background uh, professionally and personally in, uh, in music. Um, I've worked with some uh, various hip-hop artists across the, across the world, in Australia, in, in Israel, here in New York. Um, and just, uh, again, a lover of music. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we, Ari, we welcome you to the show. And uh, let's start from the beginning. Guys. It's about shows parents kids music. It's a relationship you have with growing up with music, whether you're, whether you're a parent or you're not. At one point you were a kid. So what was it, So what was your experience? in listening to music growing up with your family, and what did you get from that and not? Uh, sure. Well, I grew up in a very musical home. Uh, my father was an avid piano player and singer. On top of that, he can play just about every instrument, uh, in- including uh, the accordion, which we often discourage him to not play. <laughs> um, and... Uh, <laughs> And we were all commuting in the car together about 40 minutes every day to go to school and jobs. So we would be in the car listening to the radio every day, uh, listening to everything from uh, Billy Joel, who as a very young kid I was a huge fan of, to all sorts of folk music that was really my my father's thing. Um, And that's everything from Peter, Paul, and Mary to Arlo Guthrie to Woody Guthrie. Uh, we used to spend a lot of time listening in, in particular to one show called Woody's Children, which was focusing on lots of folk music, uh, you know, that uh, had uh, stemmed from Woody Guthrie. So we're talking Harry Chapin, Joan Baez, the Kingston Trio, uh, Gordon Lightfoot, and, uh, of course, folks like Bob Dylan. Uh, also grew up uh, listening on a regular basis to uh, WFMU, and in, in particular, a Jewish music radio show that they have every morning, JM in the AM. Uh, so grew up very musically, uh, surrounded by all sorts of, of both contemporary and classic music. Wow. That's, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so basically, when, when you were growing up, were there, was there a lot of music in your household that you enjoyed, that your parents had going on, or were you kind of like, ah, oh, I don't want to listen to that stuff? Sure, sure. Um, you know, there there was a lot of music that I enjoyed uh, that spoke to me. I think now when I think of it, uh, a lot of it is uh, a little uh, sentimentally. Uh, I, but at the time, I used to love it. I used to uh, learn the words to a lot of the folk songs that my father was a big fan of. And we would either sing along with the radio um, or my father would even sit at the piano and uh, would sing along. So my, my favorite songs of all time were uh, sitting there at the piano with my dad. Um, as I got older, certainly, you know, I developed more of my, my own taste of in music. 
which really varied and started to include a lot of hip-hop and a lot of uh, 60s rock bands, uh, 60s, 70s, everyone, the Grateful Dead, Pink Floyd, The Doors, Santana, um, lots of reggae music. Growing up in the 90s, I also had a huge splash of alternative music, Nirvana and Sonic Youth. and um, But at the end of the day, I, I always felt and I still feel that a lot of my association with the music that I feel close with today, even if it's not the exact uh, songs that I grew up listening to, uh, stem from the, the the same roots. And uh, in regards to the folk music, I always saw a direct connection between the folk music I was raised listening to and the uh, sort of jam bands that I got into down the road, and even uh, a, lo- a lot of the hip-hop music that, that I became very passionate about, which I felt much like uh, the folk music that I was listening to uh, dealt with exposing and eliminating uh, social injustices and the, the plight of the downtrodden, so to speak. Yeah, I was, and Ian, I wanted to ask him also um, about him going to events or concerts, concerts with his parents, uh, like Bob Dylan. Did, did you go to any of these uh, folk concerts with your your parents or when you were young? Um, yeah, I, I I went to uh, see Billy Joel with my with my father, and that was uh, a show I'll always remember. Um, and then a lot of the concerts we went to as a family were centered. Um, around some of the more Jewish or Israeli music that my parents were playing in the house as well. And that was artists like David Broza, who is an Israeli artist, but also just a very strong contemporary artist and incredible guitar player, um, and a group called Safam, which was, uh, you know, very, very sort of Jewish, cultural, historically focused folk music. Uh, so we used to definitely go as family to those sort of events. Did you uh, did you pick up any instruments along the way, like the uh, uh, accordion? <laughs> yeah, the accordion. Uh, I I, uh, I played mu- uh, piano for a number of years, and uh, I took guitar lessons at one point. But the funny thing about that is I took guitar lessons in a large group of folks. So uh, a large group of, of students. So I used to put the music stand in front of my hand and just move my elbow up and down. Uh, and act as if I was strumming along. And I think it took the teacher about uh, a, a week to notice that I wasn't actually producing any sounds. I was simply covering my hand and moving my elbow. So that was the end of that. Um, later, on, <laughs> la- later on, later on, maybe if there was like a Wii piano, maybe that might make noise. Yes, yes. Well, I, well, I, these I, days I'm actually quite, quite proficient at uh, g- Guitar Hero. So. So it just wasn't my calling in the second grade, but apparently at 30 years old, it's more appropriate. But you're a pioneer because you're the first person to do that, and you should be proud of yourself, you know, kind of we kind of thing. It wasn't an event there, so you should, or you should look at yourself as a pioneer of the we, you know, kind of guitar where you kind of move your hand. I mean, you should and, and produce no sound. Right, so it's great to have a legendary person on our show. This is wonderful. Oh, thank you. It's it's good to be here. Too too frequently, uh, my my legendary status is not recognized. Guitar <laughs> hero legend status, Corey Levine. Maybe we can stumble upon right. it. Thank you, thank right. you. 
But, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think a lot of the music that I grew up surrounded by uh, really laid the foundation for my, my love of music and my passion for music. Uh, and on top of that, for authentic music, for music with meaning, music that uh, speaks to individuals and speaks to the world and, and aims to affect change. And I think as a child, being surrounded by that type of music very much helped to not only shape my musical taste, but also my worldview and my, my perspective on, on my place in the universe. So you, you so what you're saying is very interesting to me. Music can educate. Is that what you're saying? Uh, without question. I, I am a firm believer that music is probably the best way to educate. Wow. That's 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 great. I, 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 I'm glad somebody believes that uh, as I do, and and and, and actually, you saying it can change the world pretty much. You just, you just kind of say like it, you know, it, it, it has a global effect. So that's interesting that you're saying that. That's very yeah. I, you know, my 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 uh, biggest concern now um, is that so much music doesn't doesn't try and focus on that and and doesn't uh, do anything to serve us beyond entertain us, which to some extent is, is great, and I certainly love some, some music that has no uh, real value, but the difference is, is that I recognize that it has no real value, and I appreciate it for the, the mind candy, so to speak, that it is, um, and, and acknowledge that that's not the, uh, the important stuff. Uh, and, and, I, and I think a lot about, I, I don't have kids now, but I, I think uh, one day, uh, whether it's with music or just the media overall, ha how it is uh, that I'll use that and, and at the same time protect against some of those negative forces, um, but right. also use music uh, and whatever other media that there is to encourage a, a positive worldview. So yeah. do you intend when you do have when you do have kids, do you already have it mapped out there like top ten uh, songs that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll like tell you what. It's funny. It's funny you ask that because uh, I, I have uh, a number of songs, particularly by the Grateful Dead. That since I was a, a very young kid and I heard them, uh, I said these you know should be children's songs. These are children's songs. This is the type of music I want to I wanna play for my, my kids. Well, one song in particular that has always uh, jumped out of my head is a song called uh, The Monkey and the Engineer, which I believe is on the album Reckoning uh, by the Grateful oh. Dead. And to me, that was always just an amazingly fun, happy, positive uh, kid song. And even now, though I don't have kids, uh, I, I am an uncle and I do have uh, lots of lots of friends who are who are having kids now, and I always go out of my way. There's some great albums out right now. Whether it's uh, B is for Bob, which is um, uh -huh. uh, kid songs made out of Bob Marley, uh, and there's another wow. one. There's, there's there's another Bob Marley album that his sons, I believe Ziggy Marley, put out. That's that it's all kids versions of Bob Marley songs. So I definitely wow. do give thought to that. And the the funny thing about it is, I actually uh, once had a pretty intense argument with a uh, with a former ex about whether I would allow my children to listen to some of the more uh, aggressive rap and, and hip-hop that that I have come to listen to over the years. And that's also something I put in a lot of thought. And, you know, I, I think it's uh, all about the context and all about, um, you know, making sure uh, the 
you know, these hypothetical children of mine uh, really can understand the music, not just as it's played on the radio, but in the greater context of where it's being created from, what it means, and what is acceptable and appropriate and what is not. Wow. You're, you're, you're deep. You're deep. Wow, this is a great guest, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Yes, yeah, so yeah, so um sorry we're running short on time. So any final any final thoughts this afternoon um, here on Parents Music? Any final thoughts for me? Uh from me. Uh music is good, music is great. Uh children should be encouraged to listen to it, to to play it, to sing it. Um it's uh extremely powerful, extremely educational, extremely wonderful and uh yeah, everyone should should listen to some good music. It'll change your world. Excellent. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right, thank you yeah, very much for joining us. Yeah, yeah, any final you, thanks? Uh, so much for having no, me today. Uh, I'm just glad all of you took us in a place where I wanted to go with the education and the impact it would have on a global scale. I'm just I'm so happy that you brought that up, and we appreciate you coming on our show and sharing that information with our audience. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me today. Excellent. Thank you very much, Ari. All right. All right. And now for our next guest. Hello. Um, Hey, you're on the air with us on Parents Kids Music. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hello, this is Diana. How are you doing, Diana? I um, I have a quick question, Diana. Um, My my daughter's starting to wear lip gloss. Do you have any suggestions? I'm a single father... (laughs) Could you give me some help there? She loves uh, Taylor Swift, so I was. You, you, you're I'm, a woman coming on the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was having a little bit tough time hearing your question. Did you say lip gloss? Yeah, yes, my daughter. <laughs> I always stick with the Burt's beeswax. Personally, I'm not a real uh, girly girl when it comes to that. Unfortunately, I'm the, probably the worst person to ask. Although. Uh, Burt's Beeswax does now come with tints to it, so maybe that's a good start. I don't know how old she is. She's 10 years old. Oh, okay, that might be a good start. Yeah, I would suggest okay. that. So you, know, you think I should there let her go. go for it? Okay. Um, you know what? It's Burt's Beeswax. I mean, it's, it's moisturizing, and it'll help protect against the chap in the winter. So I would say, yeah, a little bit of tints, go for it. <laughs> Wonderful. Could be, could be worse. Okay. <laughs> so That's a tough, I'm, I'm following a, you know, it's going to be a tough act to follow here. That was a great, great guest. I loved listening. That was wonderful. Well, you, you started off good with the lip gloss, and right now you're on point. So we are, you're wonderful, too. So um, we're going to ask some Thanks. great questions. You're easy to please, then. You're very easy to please. So what's going on? What do you guys want to talk about? Well, Ian, go ahead, and I'll let you go ahead and interrogate her. Uh-oh. <laughs> Um, Ian, we're going to talk about what kind of music did you listen to, uh, Diana, when you were growing up with your parents? What did you listen to? When I was growing up, my one of my first musical memories with my parents was specifically with my father, and it would be driving to school every single day. I was lucky enough that he had a job where it was on the way, and he drove me to school. We listened to Stairway to Heaven every single morning for over a year. And it never got old. We loved it every single time that it was played. And I always felt like I was picking out something new, focusing on a different part here or there. But I think a lot of people my 
age. I'm 28. Probably grew up with their parents playing Led Zeppelin. But we were pretty religiously hooked on Stairway to Heaven every morning on the way to school. And then from there, I started, and, you know, I was young at the time, maybe like eight. Um, From there, I would then bring my headphones after school into our religious instruction class, and I remember getting in trouble for listening to Stairway to Heaven in the back of my CCD class. And uh, so that got me hooked at a young age to classic rock and kind of never stopped from there. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, my mom obviously was uh, like probably many parents were uh, very much into the Beatles, but I was more into the harder stuff like the uh, Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin. And so that kind of paved my musical path. And I went through... My first, my first uh, sort of solo discovery was The Doors. I me- remember just getting absolutely hooked on that when I was when I was very young. And as a child growing up, listening to something like The Doors religiously while everybody else is listening to the current music, I definitely felt like a little bit of an out- outcast because nobody else was listening to that. That was my age. Um, and then once they got into high school, let's say everybody started being like, oh, the doors, you know, I love the doors. And I'm like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Where where have you been for the last 15 years? You should have been listening to it for a long time already. But it was, you know, everybody sort of came around to classic rock. But as a child growing up listening to it, uh, sometimes I did feel like I was a little bit on my own. Wow, that's, uh, that was, uh, that, that's, uh, that's incredible because you kind of got it before everybody else. And uh, Luckily you, for my parents. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I love the topic of this show because if it hadn't been for my father who introduced me to great music at a young age, then I probably would have been listening to the, the current pop music a lot more, which is part of, you know, jumping off on what you guys had previously just been talking about, the education of music to the next generation, I I feel like it's a really big responsibility. I I don't have children yet, but I do fear what music they're going to want to listen to, and I can only hope that by growing up around the music that that I, you know, consider personally to be of higher value, um, hopefully they'll come to love it just as much. But it's one of my greatest fears that my kids will listen to terrible music. But we'll see. So it's fun to get that fear out of your head and, just just appreciate the fact that you have great taste in music and and it's really been a major driving force in your life. Yes, absolutely. Huge driving force in my life. I mean, um, intellectually, as the last caller was speaking about, um, but socially as well. I mean, music has formed some of the greatest friendships that I have in my life. And a lot of people that don't get it, uh, probably never will from, like, a theoretical standpoint of saying, you go see the same band, you know, hundreds of times with the same people. Why do you, you do that? You see the same show two, three days in a row? Is it the same show? No, it's not yeah. the same show. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yes, they're playing different songs. Oh, my goodness, they play different songs? Yes. And, you know, if if, if people haven't experienced that, then, Sometimes they'll just never get in and they say, oh, okay, cool, fine, not for me. But, I mean, for me personally, it's just led to some of the most fantastic friendships and uh, greatest times socially that, uh, you know, I, I never would have imagined that it could have. So, yeah, music absolutely has shaped shaped my life in huge ways. 
beautiful. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. trade it. Continues to do so as well. I mean, just looking ahead, you know, um, looking at at vacations now involve well, when might a particular band be playing in a certain city? Maybe we can make a vacation out of that, and it kind of does just form where like the things that I've seen in life, the places that I've been. And uh, and it and it does so against the backdrop of an awesome party. So you can't tra- can't uh, want to trade that for anything. It's, it's I'm very grateful for the experiences. Absolutely. You know, I was cut off. I was actually cut off the show a little bit at the beginning. Um, have have you shared with Jay and the audience what you do professionally and how? Uh, no. I'm a reporter. I work at the Journal News, which is a daily Gannett paper out of Westchester, Rockland, and Putnam counties in New York. And um, I, right now I'm covering business, but for fun I also do cover music. So um, I cover music for some of our blog, for our music blog here at the paper, as well as for several um, music blogs such as like Hidden Track and I've written for Relics magazine over the years and um just just some freelance stuff to uh you know keep involved a little bit more actively in the music scene. So I'm a writer. Yeah. Yes. And I know a lot of times on your Twitter feed you'll just immediately just repost stuff that jam bass lists. Yeah, you know what? I selfishly started my Twitter feed as uh, or my Twitter account as a feed for all the news that I was interested in. So I kind of used it in a cool way. I didn't have time to be going to all these different sites throughout the day. So I created a feed through my Twitter account and so that I would just pop onto my own page and uh, see the news coming in from Hidden Track, Jam Base, jambands.com, you know, Relics, Rolling Stone, Spin, all the sites that I had been interested in, I just wanted a place where I could go very quickly and scan all the headlines. And what happened was, interestingly, other people found that to be very useful as well. So I would be getting emails, you know, thanks for the feeds, you know, it's really useful to just be able to go to one place and find it all out. So that kind of was cool. I, I started it selfishly for myself as a time saver, and other people ended up uh, enjoying it and finding it useful too. So that was that was neat. Absolutely, as I'm sure that I probably found, found met you indirectly through those feeds. Very cool. Probably like someone else I was following on Twitter was probably retweeted you, and there it goes. So. Hello? I think I lost you. Hello? Hey, guys, I think I lost you. I'm sorry. Too bad. Okay. Hello?
Wow. I got cut off. Is everyone still here? Wow, interesting. We Can had you hear some, me? We just had, yes, we had some technical difficulties. Apparently, we were, I was bumped off the phone, and for some reason, you and Jay were silenced. So, welcome back. Can you hear us now? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, good. I okay. want to ask Diane, I want to ask Diane, um, we were experimenting here with a thing called Music Time Machine. And we wanted to, I wanted to know, have you experienced music as a time machine where if you hear a certain song, it puts you in a certain place, in a certain frame of mind, uh, whether it was when you were at childhood or teenage years, were you, are you able to access your music time machine? Does it act like a time machine for you, Diane? Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's um, one of my favorite things to do is to re-listen to shows that I've been to, such as now I guess I'm listening to a lot of fish shows that I've, I've been to, and hearing those songs puts me right back at the show. And I always feel like, you know, you think that a show that you were at is like the best show ever when you're listening to it again because it brings you back to that moment where you were, you know, for me personally, I was probably in just like the happiest state with some of my best friends. And so that that, that sort of thing, it happens to me basically every day because I'm always going back and listening to, re-listening to shows. And then there's, a, of course, um, you know, some some special songs like, you know, the, the cheesy, like, All of My Love, Led Zeppelin that I listened to when um, my husband and I sort of first fell in love, you know, and that brings you back to a certain moment in time. And, yeah, music definitely does have this transport ability, I think, um, that it, it instantly connects to this emotional sense and can can bring you back instantly. Um, and I tie, like, key moments into what was on on the radio when I found out a certain thing. Or, um, yeah, the, the time machine aspect absolutely, I think, is a really powerful one for music. And, um yeah, I just, <laughs> I'm very much into that. Like, if I know that something good or bad or whatever, if I know something bad is going to happen, I'll intentionally not have any music on so that uh, I won't have any negative memories associated with, I swear. Just, uh, you know, yeah, yeah I just, because that, that emotional ability is uh, uh, to do that is very powerful, definitely. Wow, that's good to know that. I'd like to ask all I guess that. And do you ha do you have any kids yet, or are you kind of like holding off, or is there anything? No, unfortunately, do? unfortunately, no kids yet. But uh, my husband and I are definitely talking about it, and we can't wait to have kids. My husband has uh, excellent taste in music. I kind of joke around that I married him for his CD collection because it's extensive. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, and it's awesome. I mean, he is just, he's got hes got all the classic rock covered. He's like an encyclopedia, and his CD collection's fantastic. So um, we definitely have spoken, definitely, about the need to raise our kids with good music. And while we can't shield them from things that they're going to hear at school and, and what friends might be playing for them, uh, obviously we don't ever want to shield them from experiences, but we just hope that, we can provide them with some good experiences and through music, and hopefully they they will come to really love and appreciate what what we love and appreciate. Um, and you know, we also want to surround them with musical instruments at home. Uh, my husband plays drums and bass and guitar, and we'll have a piano. And you know, so we hope that the more
more they're around these real instruments and are just wanting to play with them, like kids will want to play with anything, we hope that that will spark an interest in understanding what the instruments are capable of and, you know, what goes into making, like, a real honest-to-goodness, you know, piece of music. So it's all about education and appreciation. So we hope to be able to do that well for our kids. Wow. Um, my last question here is um, um, it's uh, uh, me and my daughter, we have a thing called the radio fight. So we go to school in the morning and we fight over the radio. And I was just want to ask Diane, did she, did, did she do that with her father? Like, look, I want to listen to this station and you constantly can't get your hand off the radio because, you, you know, you your dad wants to listen to that station, and you turn it back to the hip-hop station, and he turns it back to the classical <laughs> station. I was wondering if, um, that's if you so had that funny. interaction with your father. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, that's so funny. But thankfully, um, you know what? We didn't much. We definitely didn't because we, we um, both loved classic rock, and, uh, you know, so we, we liked a lot of the same things. The only areas where we started to veer off course was when I, in, in the 90s, I was really into, uh, you know, like some, I guess, like the darker alternative stuff like Alice in Chains and Smashing Pumpkins and Metallica. Um, so once I started listening to some of that stuff, particularly some of the Alice in Chains stuff, my, pa- my parents were kind of like concerned, I guess, because some of the, the lyrics are a little bit darker and not darker but uh more morose and depressing i guess um so they might have been concerned about that and and they didn't want to listen to that as much as i did but um so yeah that's what they would switch i remember actually one time crying now that you bring it up it's so so funny that you bring that up and and that these thoughts are just popping into my head but um i remember crying one time when i was a te- young teenager and a brand new smashing pumpkins came out on the radio which was back you know before the days of download where everything you can just download as soon as it comes out so i i had heard that smashing pumpkins had a new song out but i hadn't been able to hear it yet and it finally came on the radio and i was driving and my dad changed the channel and i started absolutely crying because it meant so much to me to hear that song and then to have it changed on me was like, I don't know, just like a really depressing thing at the time. So speaking of changing channels, uh, those are the things that pop to mind. But I don't know. Fight, I, I don't look forward to the to the radio dial fight. That, that sounds like it could lead to trouble. <laughs> well, I, wish you, I wish you the best with it. <laughs> All right, and, you got to get to the next. Yes, now. So, um, Medina, thank you for joining us. Any final thank you so much. thoughts before we go? No, thanks so much for having me. I wish you guys all the best. It's a great idea for a show, and uh, I appreciate being on it. Excellent. Thank you, thank you for being here. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, on to the next guest. As soon as the buttons work. <laughs> Hold on, it said... Interesting. Hello, Bill. You're on the air with us today. Hey, nice to join you. Excellent. Um, so this is Ian in New York, and um, I'm Jay out in California. And um, thank you for joining us today. Sure, it's good to good to be with you. Coming, calling from Northampton, Massachusetts. No, uh, all you know, all over this country, the Northeast, um, New England, New York, Northern California, beautiful. Yeah, so. So, Bill, why don't you explain to us um, who you are, um, what 
and and what you do and sure. your back your musical background. Sure. So um, it, probably the mo- the the part that's least interesting to you is my day job, which is that I'm a law professor. But uh, the rest of my life uh, <laughs> has a lot lot to do with uh, music for families, um, and I uh, sort of got into that arena by hosting a radio show, first on a community radio station and now on a commercial radio station in Northampton uh, that's been on the air for five years, and that's called Spare the Rock, Spoil the Child. It's a two-hour weekly show. Uh, We say it's for kids and their grown-ups, and it's playing music that is both sort of formally made for kids and music that is appropriate for kids but might not be made for them. Um, And then sort of added on to that, I've I've gotten into a bunch of other stuff. I'm one of the producers of a family music conference that started, really formally started two years ago called Kindy Fest, and that's in Brooklyn every spring. And uh, I also started a small record label this year to release a uh, Haiti Benefit CD of, of family music that has Dan Zanes and They Might Be Giants and Pete Seeger and Jonathan Colton and you know, 20 other uh, new tracks on it. And I write about kids' music for a local magazine, and I do some work for Parenting Magazine and some other stuff like that. Excellent. And I put so together shows. Background, so when with the background in children's music, which I know tends to be something we talk about a lot, because Jay, as a father, always talks about, about what, what his daughter's listening to. So, yeah. Jay, so Jay, you have any any questions or any any thoughts? Yeah. Um, so, which age groups do you um, you, you do from like uh, infancy to adulthood when you when you're you're dealing with some of the children uh, music selections? Do you deal with uh, toddlers' music and nursery rhymes or? Doesn't well, I would say that sort of the sweet spot for us is around age three or four through around age 10 or 11, but we have people who listen with their kids younger, and we have people who, uh, we have grown-ups who listen with, without any kids, actually. I hear a lot from people who say that they uh, like listening to the show, even though they don't have kids, have never had kids, and never planned to have kids. Um, it's not uh, nursery rhyme stuff. Certainly, it's it's uh, much more in what has been sort of called the kindy music. So it's uh, it's it's pretty uh, sort of it's not traditional children's music, generally speaking. Let's put it that way. Um, so it's a lot of stuff. Well, like the the bands I mentioned, a lot of the Dan Zanes and uh, Elizabeth Mitchell. Um, they might be giants, and then you know we play a lot of Beatles and Rolling Stones and um, all sorts of other acts too as long as it's okay. kid-appropriate. So it's a pretty wide range. Okay, so Bill, I, I, I have a question. Yeah. I have a question. For, should you, and I haven't asked any other guests this, just for some reason I want to ask you this. Should you put a speaker on your wife's tummy while your kid is, you know, coming into this world? Should you share music? <laughs> should you put music on the uh, on the belly while the kid is? Is that well, like classical music or something that's calming? I have not seen. I, I have seen no empirical evidence, and I'm I'm sort of nerdy that way. That there's any value to that, but I don't uh-huh. think there's any harm to it. So I think it all depends on whether your wife wants a speaker on her belly. <laughs> okay. So I was that comes to where do you start letting your kids listen to music? Do you start there, or do you start when it actually gets here, or 
Uh, I mean, we 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 always have music on. That's uh, it, it, or, or almost all the time, um, and that's been true for a very long time. I remember the kids as toddlers. They're not, my kids are now eight and eleven, um, but I remember them being quite young and being quite into whatever music was going on. And we tried to be cognizant of what it was we were playing. It, we just like the radio show. We certainly didn't only play stuff that was made for kids, but at the point where they started being uh, sort of uh, understanding language, we tried to think about making sure that we were playing stuff we thought was appropriate for them. Um, and, uh, and and that's been a theme throughout raising both of them. Okay. What ages uh, did you really see them getting it, like far as really appreciating the music, um, the 2 to 3 to 4 or... Six to eleven. Uh, well, both really. I think it, it depends on how, what you mean by really appreciate it. I think I certainly see very young toddlers uh, dancing and jumping up and down and getting into the the rhythm of music. I think that's something that starts um, even before uh, you're old enough to stand and and to dance. Um, the appreciating the lyrics obviously comes a little bit later and, and getting a more sophisticated appreciation for music later still. Uh, but I, I don't think there's a too early to start listening to music. I, I think I think that for us anyway, that was a, a big part of life almost from day one. And actually from day one, I remember we did have music going uh, when my wife was in labor, but that was more for us and for her than for the kids, to be fair. Okay. When, what age did they start making their own choices? Um, that's a, a good question. I think we um, got they they both they've each had CD players in their rooms probably from around age three or four, but they uh, even now still don't get to have anything they want uh, in there. We have a, a pretty big collection of of stuff, uh, and it it doesn't go upstairs without one of us being okay with it because I've got, you know, I grew up in the uh, 70s and 80s and 90s and, and have a lot of uh, punk and alternative stuff that I don't really want them listening to quite yet. Um, right. So there's still a, a filter there, but they get to make a lot of choices on their own right now um, and have for several years. So they don't get to, like, you know, when I was younger, I would, like, sneak into my uh, uh, dad's or mom's uh, album collection and pull out, like, some good ones and, like, they don't get that uh, at your house, apparently. Uh, uh, well, yeah, but, who knows? Maybe they do. Um, it, you know, I listen, especially now that they're getting older, they, they're they listening to more of the same stuff I am, and, I, and I'm not, uh, I'm not a, prude isn't quite the right word, but I'm not completely, I'm, I'm not protect, protecting them from everything, everything. Um, I try to avoid the more violent lyrics, but, um, you know, I take my daughter to grown-up rock shows. We went and saw Vampire Weekend this summer together. We went and saw Michael Franti and Spearhead a couple of weeks ago. We've gone to the Austin City Limits Music Festival and gone to the the grown up music stages. So it's not like they're in a complete shelter. It just I, I try to keep an eye on it. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Any technology there, like iPods, uh, any other things hanging around the house that you like really can't have a security guard there that you kind of be careful of, or no iPods or iPads. Yeah. Um, they've got uh, th- there's an iPod that the kids uh, share. It gets synced through my computer though, so I know what goes on to it. And and all, we don't, they don't have any computers or other 
uh, internet access um, not in sort of a common area of the house, which okay. uh, is something that we plan to continue to be like that. There's not not a way for them to be accessing uh, media in general without it being around where we are. That's and, and that's true for us too. It's that's just what we think is appropriate. What about them steering you towards? Uh, hey, Dad, listen to this. We we've been listening to your music for ages. Uh, could you listen to some of our stuff? Do you uh, share? In their uh, selection? Uh, sure. I mean, we've discovered a fair amount of stuff together. Just as a as an example, when we were down in Austin, I, just my daughter and I went down to Austin for the Austin City Limits Music Festival, like I said, and we were uh, walking over to the food court, at the food tents, and heard this guy playing at a tent at a stage nearby. A guy named Frank Turner, who's a British, used to be a sort of hardcore punk guy, and now he's doing more folk stuff. And uh, my daughter said, "Hey, let's go listen to that." And we went and listened to it and really liked it and bought the CD. And, and now she's asking me to put that on pretty often. Um, you know, I'd, that's something I would put on anyway because I really like it too. Uh, but that was something we definitely discovered together, which was a really fun fun experience. Well, I'll give you a grade A for your music health and your family. It sounds wonderful. You, you guys are having a good time. Ian, they're having a great time. It's a, it's a big part of our lives. I mean, they, they, the kids do the radio show with me. Um, they're they're on the air, they're hosting, uh, and helping choose tra- choose songs and so on. So, uh, you know, Liam's been on since be- almost before he can remember uh, that he's my eight-year-old. My daughter Ella, who's 11, has been on since she was six. So she's really grown up on the radio, producing content, uh, thinking about what how music fits together. It's uh, it's been a great time. Ian, you have any thoughts? I think that that's without a doubt a powerful way to expose your children to music and to be and to also just really just take an interest in them and just really just like the common area. Like I know growing up, I never had a TV in my bedroom. Even today, I I don't have a TV in my bedroom by choice since yeah. it's something which, even though people do have their own personal music tastes like as we heard earlier today with Diana it's also another good thing to be in a position where where it's where you're just not zoned off in this world where it's just you and this and the media and you've created your own bubble yeah the other other thing I was going to ask you about we asked the previous caller about the time machine effect and we would just like you to make some comments on that because you seem like you have all these different points where you did this with your daughter and she's on the show and she can go back in time and remember this later on in her life. So do you agree that music acts like a time machine? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I, I caught a little bit of that conversation with the person who was on right before me. Um, and I thought it was interesting to think about. And, uh, and yeah, sure. There, I, I didn't really start getting into uh, rock shows until relatively late compared to, I think, most kids anyway. Um, not rock shows in particular, but rock bands, um, grew up mostly on classical and jazz. And uh, um, and so especially those early first shows where I went out and saw live rock bands have very strong associations those those bands do. So anytime I hear anything 
by the suburbs, which is this uh, sort of a new wave punk band in uh, Minnesota, I'm brought right back to the first time I ever went and saw a show at First Avenue, which is this legendary nightclub in Minneapolis. Um, and, and there's lots of those things and, and people who are very strongly associated. My uh, One of the early dates I went on with the woman who's now my wife was to go see Billy Bragg. And I remember it was, this is again in Minneapolis, it was 20 below and my brakes went out, and so we were stuck out in the middle of, of Minneapolis after the show, freezing, but it was still this this wonderful sort of uh, em- emblematic moment in our relationship. Um, and so it's this bizarre combination of, of miserable and happy, and then sort of the, to bookend that, Billy Bragg came here uh, maybe a year ago, and we got to meet him, and my daughter got to meet him, and he played a song for her, and it was this this great sort of bookending of the relationship and the and the relationship with that with him. It's really cool. Wow, that's that that that's you rock him, man. Like I said, uh, Ian, he gets uh, his music health is really high. It's one of the highest guests we had, and it's so important to share stuff with your kids and your family and your wife and your loved ones, where you could go back and remember things and they grow up and they have these great experiences. So, that's, man, that's my I'm, goal. <laughs> you're doing a great job. What a Thank guest. You. We have some great guests here, Ian. Absolutely, and I know that we're we're running out of time. So, so Bill Childs with the Childs, perfect in music. <laughs> yeah. Um, and any final thoughts on on where we stand in the state of the relationship of parents and children when it comes to music? Well, I mean, this is going to sound more self-promoting than I intended to, I promise. But I've heard from a lot of listeners that listening to the show that we do or other similar shows has really been a, a good sort of foundation for starting musical conversations. And you actually can listen online. So if you if if you don't mind me plugging real quick, uh, go to sparetherock.com. So sparetherock.com. You can there's a link there to where you can listen to the radio show on demand anytime. Um, and it's on every week for two hours, and uh, and I, you know, the it, there's there's no magic to figuring out how to have uh, a music uh, music be a part of your relationship with your kids. It doesn't require you to be smart about music or have an, any expertise. It just means listening to music and talking about it, and anybody can do that. So is this show? Does it come on like every day, or is this a specific day? Uh, no, it's every Saturday morning, uh, eight to ten is when we're on live. Uh, but then the archive is available anytime you want on demand. On the the radio station is wrsi.com, and on our page, on on there you can listen anytime. We have it streaming on demand. Wow. Well, I will check that out most certainly. As well, you should. I I think the first radio show host who we have had on in our time here doing this blog talk radio show. Cool. Yes. It's a great idea for a show. I'm looking forward to listening to some of the other ones that you've done. Excellent. And, yes, we have our archives on our Blog Talk Radio page, which you can find at parentskidsmusic.com. Fabulous. Yep, and as as Gail usually says, cool beans. I think this is (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's great having you, Bill. Thanks Uh, for having me on. Thanks thanks for joining us, Bill. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, bye. All right, Jay, so what a great show. Another great show with another great group of guests, people from different areas in terms of music and relationships with 
their parents and their kids, and look what we got. Yeah, we had some great guests. Uh, everybody here, it, it kind of took us in a different direction to this week. Uh, it was kind of interesting. So um, I've learned a lot. I've learned that I need to use a different type of lip gloss for my kid, and I also learned a lot about music education on a global scale. Learned from Bill that he has such a great music health that it's really important to have these events with your kids, and he seems to have a, having a great time doing this. And so we've learned so much today, Ian. It's great. great yes. Time. Thank you very much, Jay, and join us next week at our special time, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific time, next week on Parents Kids Music. Thank you once again to all of our guests, and have an excellent day. Ian, don't forget to whip your hair, okay? Don't forget. I will whip my hair and wear lip gloss. Thank you. (laughs) Okay.